you please help me in honoring this man of God, Leif, Dr. Leif Hetland. Thank you. Love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow. Isn't this amazing? How many of you are excited? Uh, I hope that you're realizing there's something unique and rare that is taking place. There's very seldom do you see this generational transfer of wealth that is taking place. And uh, to be able even to see now that there's a whole new trust account that is being utilized by a whole new generation that we couldn't have before. And uh, what, uh, what touches me also, knowing I know that Alan and Gail is going to go and get some good rest and renew. But, but the beauty of this is that uh, there will be grandmas and grandpas. So when they're coming back here, they get to enjoy all their grandkids, but they don't have the responsibility. Wow. It is, it, it is an incredible privilege for me to be here. I was re reflecting on it late last night where uh, I was thinking about both Ruth, uh, her home church. Uh, it used to be Kenmore Baptist, and then it became River Life, and we are in relationship, both with her pastor as well as her spiritual mother. I have a lot of mutual friends. And the same also in my relationship with Dr. Randy Clark and when I met Paul, both as a young student, but also watching him as an Elijah serving Randy Clark. And it's very interesting even to see the very key. This was one of the things that was a key for me, that why Elijah, later on, there was a king, and he was looking, is there any true, genuine prophets? And it was not the one with a double portion. It was not the one that doubled the miracle or the raised the dead. All of those was true about him. But it was the one that washed Elijah's hands. Yes. And I just, that hit me because I have watched Paul how he washed Elijah's hands and how he served. That was the very thing that the king noticed and recognized and says, I want you to bring him to me. That's the man. Because there was a lot of fake prophets. Many had signs, wonders, and miracles. But when the king heard that the main thing was the main thing, somebody that honor, loves, and serves well without any agenda, he knew that the promotion was on that person. And I can trust that person. And then I also know Alan and Gail, and I feel like even the journey together for me has been almost about, probably I met them about 15, 16 years ago, so it's almost the same length of journey. And I know Papa Jack was going to be here, and both Papa Jack and Mama Frida, that the intention for us to be able to be here. And I know that Mama Jen also, this is her home, her home city of Albuquerque, where she was born. So for me, it does something in my spirit about what God is doing here. And I feel it's a holy moment, Steve, what's taking place. So I was, I was just asking the Lord, what do I share? And I knew it very clearly because the last words that Papa Jack said that I heard, because they even told me that Frida had just left the room and says, Lev, you have one more chance. And they had just made a decision that they're going to get Papa to hospice. And uh, I went up to the room and you're only allowed to be one person in the hospital. And I sat with Papa Jack, and the first time on Friday, I had just come home from Pakistan. But on Friday morning, when I sat with Papa Jack, I tried to connect, and he was, uh, uh. 
but, but he was not clear. And I felt a sadness in my heart. I didn't really feel I was able to say goodbye. So my, while I was downstairs in the hospital, my prayer was, oh, I, I just would like at least there's connection with Papa before he received his upgrade. And then finally, Papa Jackie looked at me, and, and it was actually two things that took place. One of them, I said, Papa, I want you to know that Mama Frida, she's being well taken care of. And before that, he was very restless, and it was like this peace that came over him. And he, he was kind of restful. And I knew one of the main things for Papa Jack is as he was going home and getting his promotion, who's going to take care of what is the most valuable to him? So I knew that we have a family and friends around the world that, that celebrates her, is going to take care of her, and to make sure that, that, that Papa, you can be at rest. Uh, as you're going home, Mama is going to be taken care of. And then I tried to talk to him, Papa, Papa. And then finally said, Son, son, welcome back. I've been praying for you. And I just lost it. I took my phone and got to capture them all. I think I sent it to Alan. And then the, last, the next day I said, Papa, Papa, what is your favorite sermon? Because I realized the last thing somebody says before they go home is very valuable to them. Like the great commission for Jesus. So the last words of somebody, and then Papa says, Son, Moses and the rod. Lay it down. And that was the last words. So today I wanted just to take you a little bit on a journey. I'm going to just for the sake of time, I also wanted to honor. But in the book of Joshua, we're reading this story. Now the Israelites had come into the promised land. And I felt this is also now, I'm just starting with the end in itself. And then we're going to start the journey. But now they have come into the promised land. And there was actually no enemy left. Actually, let's take the time and read these verses. We take the time. <laughs> Joshua, wow. Joshua chapter 21. Joshua chapter 21, verse 43 yes. through 45. And I think it's also connected when Gail and Alan was here. It says, so the Lord gave to Israel. Say, the Lord gave to Israel. Gave to Israel. Say that one more time. Say, the Lord gave to Israel. All the land. It didn't say some of the land. It says all the land. Which has been sworn to their fathers. And they took possession of it. Say they took possession of it. And they dwelt in it. There was no visitation. It was habitation. And it's a season of habitation instead of visitation. The Lord gave them rest all around. Say, rest all around. According to all that he had sworn to his fathers. And not a man, not a man of all the enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered their enemies into their hand. Not the word, not the word failed of any good which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. Say, all came to pass. I'm dreaming, Paul, maybe 20 years from now when I'm coming into Albuquerque. Hopefully I come before then, but I want you just to dream. <laughs> I hope you can dream with me. Just take us into the future of Albuquerque and this region. If I was coming in with my airplane and coming in, and suddenly in a moment all the pain had gone. And there's other people on the airplane that the cancer would just disappear because there is rest all around. 
There's a whole region and an area that has become a promised land. In a covenant lesser than what we have, they have, come, they have experienced something that God had a desire as a picture for us. The promised land is not when you go to heaven. And the reason we know that very clearly was there were seven giants bigger than them in the land. And they are not going to be in heaven. And the 31 kings and all the battles they had to be able to conquer that. So there has been a lot of war, Alan. And I know there's been a lot of war game. So one generation they pay so the next generation can play. But I do believe that we're on this journey. So I'm going to take a 1520s version of Papa Jack. He preached it much better than me. But this is a message. It was his life message. Alan actually said he was in college when he heard Papa Jack preach this message. And I have preached it quite a few times. And I loved one of the last time Papa Jack was with me. And I took this message about the rod. And then we're going to activate a little bit. But the story to take you back again. The father or the God of Abraham. Say Abraham. Isaac and Jacob. So here you see three generations, and here we have grandmas and grandpas, fathers and mothers, sons and daughters. It was the God of Abram, Isaac, and Jacob, this beautiful alignment. He had enough. God's people were supposed to be head and not tail. They were supposed to be free, and now they were in slavery in Egypt. And God says, let my people go. And I feel it is a word even for this season in America and what's happened in the world. I can hear a covenant keeping God. Uh, he's just, I want my people free. God wants his people free. And in the middle of it, I want us just to take a couple of gold nuggets because in the journey towards the freedom, and this is what we're going to see. So here you have about 3,800,000 men plus women and children. They are in Egypt for 400 years. They've been slaves. And then God, when he's about to do something. So here's one of the principles, including all the things we saw in 2020, from the racial conflict to all the things that is happening in the political. And if you mention the five, six of the biggest attack we have had in the last 18 months. One of the reasons I'm very excited when I see the attack of the enemy is because I recognize the reason the enemy is attacking is because of what God is doing. The division is because we're going to see a unity in a way we've never seen it before. We're going to see a reconciliation in a way we've never seen it before. And this is what was happening is Moses came along and because when God wants to do something, he calls somebody, Paul. He calls somebody Ruth, and God is calling Moses to be a deliverer. But while he was a little baby boy, the news comes, and Satan himself, he goes into Pharaoh, who was controlling the kingdom of darkness. They're coming into an alignment to try to stop destiny. And I'm not trying to be political correct here, but I believe that one of the biggest horrific things with abortion, there's many things that is horrific with abortion, but one of them is that the enemy is trying to stop a whole generation of forerunners. And that's what was happening. The enemy was trying to kill all the baby boys because of Moses, the deliverer, is coming. He tried to kill the baby boys because Jesus, the Savior, was coming. Recognize to see what the enemy is attacking. And you can see that God is up to something. So now in the middle of this journey, Mama Miriam, she comes and she put the little baby boy in the Nile. And the boy floods down because she wants to save her boy. And down the Nile, there is a princess. And she's like, ah, baby boy. She picks up the baby boy, takes him into the palace. And she, now the very devil that is trying to attack and kill the boy, now ending up actually bringing the boy into his home. Sometimes I almost feel sorry for the devil. Almost. 
One time I almost prayed for the devil, almost. <laughs> because it seems like every time the enemy is attacking me, it actually leads to upgrade. That's why you consider it joy when these trials come against you, because it always leads to upgrades. So now what we're seeing is that the little baby boy, he is there and the prince has takes care of him. And here Moses is raised in Egypt. He knows the way of the world. He knows the culture of the world. He knows the philosophy of Egypt. He knows the language of Egypt. He knows the economy of Egypt. For 40 years, he goes into the school of Egypt to be qualified. Say qualified. And now the first day of ordination. And here's just some wisdom 101. Do not kill anybody the first day of the ordination. That's, a, that's wisdom 101. So Moses, the first day of his ordination, he kills an Egyptian. And the next day, two of his brothers comes in. Oh, you're going to do to us what you did to the Egyptian. And then he starts to run. And for the next 40 years, he is in the wilderness. The first 40 years, he got qualified. Say qualified. But then the next 40 years, he becomes disqualified. Say disqualify. And that's how you become qualified. <laughs> it took 40 years to get him out of Egypt. Say Egypt. But it took another 40 years to get Egypt out of him. And in the first 40 years, as I'm saying, he's coming into this place like, wow, he can do it all. I mean, he is confident. He has courage of everything. And now, eventually, now we're heading to the school of radiology. I was in Canada, and I was sitting, actually, Benny Hinn and John Arnott, some of us, we were in this big meeting in Canada, and uh, this leader was trying to tell me, the person sitting by the side of me, he was a well-known doctor in Canada. And I thought, well, this is going to be good because I'm a doctor too. <laughs> so I introduced myself. I was going to be the next speaker, and the person very formally shared who he was. And I said, well, uh, my name is Dr. Leif Hetland. And he looked at me, what kind of a doctor do you have? Oh, radiology. <laughs> he said, you have a little accent. Are oh, you meaning radiology? I said, radiology. Uh, maybe in your country they say rod, but in our country it's ray. And then eventually when I was holding up the rod and looked at him, he's like, <laughs> he realized that I have a doctor and I've been in the wilderness. I have some sheep bites. <laughs> so here we are, Moses is there. And then if you ask Moses, Moses, who are you? And Moses said, the, 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 uh, uh, sh shepherd, he stuttered. Okay, so, 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 so who are you? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm shepherd. Identity, identity, identity. Oh, so you're a shepherd. So what do you do? I, 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 I take care of sheep. And I got, got this rod is carved here. And it's been with me for 40 years. And this rod has protected. This is my identity. This is, this is my retirement. This is my protection. This is everything that I have. And God is coming in and saying, Moses, I'm actually calling you. You have a new assignment. You're going to continue as a shepherd. You're going to go into Egypt, take 800,000 slaves, 
plus the women and children, about three million. You're going to take him out of Egypt and you're going to bring him all the way into Chernobyl, into your promised land. The land of promises I have for you. God, and he has five primary excuses. And I know we have a lot of excuses on this journey. Five excuses, but God, because he's focusing on who he is not instead of who God is. And I know he has a burning bush experience, Exodus 3. Then it comes in and finally God says, because Moses said, God, well, what do I tell Pharaoh? And what do I tell those three million people? And God said, just tell them that I am have sent you. Tell them that I am that I am have sent you. If I was Moses, I would say, God, that's not very good grammar. <laughs> Let me imagine me going into Pakistan to the president of Pakistan. Okay, who are you and who have sent you? I am that I am have sent me. But Alan understand his language because he understand the language of covenant. You have one wall that has to do with covenant, and then you have one wall that has to do with kingdom. One has to do with family. One has to do with the mission of that family. One has to do with the alignment. The other one has to do with the assignment. I am. I am. I am your strength, I am your hope, I am your joy, I am your freedom, I am your authority, I am your presence, I am, I am, I am, whatever you need, I am that I am. And the only response back again is you are, you are, you are, and the world around will say, he is, he is. And then eventually he comes in and now we're going into the school of radiology because now God says, Moses, and this is going to be the question, Moses, what do you have in your hand? Exodus 4, verse 1 through 5. And then verse 17 and verse 20 added into it. Uh, I got a rod. Okay, what kind of a rod is it? Shepherd rod, 40 years with me. My identity. It's my income. My protection. My retirement. It's everything that I have. I want you to lay it down. But God, you gave this to me. I want you to lay it down. But God... 40 years, lay it down. Finally, most okay, God. And when he lays it down, it becomes a serpent. So here's a kingdom principle. You do not know even what God has given you, what is in it until you become free from it. You do not know what is in what God has given you until you become free from it. This became a serpent and we know that that hiss went out so that hiss could go in. I'm going to do that three times. <laughs> because all the hiss had to go out so all of hiss could go in. All the hiss of the serpent had to go out so all of his could going in. All the fear needed to go out so the perfect love could come in. All the sadness needed to go out so all the joy could come in. All weakness needed to go so his strength could come in. And eventually God says, no, Moses, I want you to pick it up. But when you pick it up, pick it up after the tail. And Ruth, my wife and I had the honor of going and looking at snakes in Australia. I don't like snakes. I am Norwegian. I don't know anything about serpents. I'm honest. 
And if I were to pick up a snake, I watch TV from Australia and other places. If I were to pick up a snake, I wouldn't pick it up after the tail. Why? Because the, the business end would be loose. God says pick it up after the tail. If serpents, I don't even know if they have ears. But if they had ears, I would put my fingers behind so I could control the business end. But when he touches the rod, it becomes God's rod. God's ability. God's power. God's authority. God's peace. God's presence. And everything that is in the I am. And there the journey starts. Moses goes in there and all these details, but then we come to the story. Three million of them, they're all fighting and they're complaining. There's election time and Black Lives Matter and all this stuff is going, it's all over the place. It's just all this tension and the people are saying, we want this one to be present. We want this and that. And we, we have left Egypt. We're no longer Egypt, but we're heading towards a promised land and we're writing them, Moses! And Moses, he have had enough. If you feel it is difficult, I know Alan have shared that there's been so much pleasure and joy of pastoring. But imagine three million slaves with slave mentality. Still struggling with the addiction of that Egypt system. And they are coming, fighting, complaining and everything else. And finally, Moses have had enough. God, I've had enough. I have this problem. Have you been there? I've been there at least a half a dozen times in this COVID-19 season. God, I have a problem. Excuse me. God says, what is the problem? I just told you, there's three million on them. They're fighting and complaining. They want to go back to sin and slavery again. And, and you have called me to, God. Excuse me, Moses. What is the problem? <gasps> God, are you not listening to me? I don't know if you had those prayer meetings. And then God comes in and says, what do you have in your hand? God, we don't have the time to talk about radiology. Three million wine and company. That's it. What do you have in your hand? You got a rod. Ah, oh, what kind of a rod is it? If you see the chairs, the one that know the chair message, now we went from chair two into chair one. I got a rod. What kind of a rod is it? I got your rod. I got your wisdom. I got your power. I got your authority. I got your peace. I got your presence. I got you. <laughs> I got you. So what's the problem? <laughs> God, I don't have a problem. God, you have a problem. <laughs> you know those three million people of yours? What are you going to do about it? And I wish this was over at that moment. Is it your business or is it his business? Because even the business that you're running, does it have his or his in it? Is it a kingdom business? So we're going to lay down some things. There could be things from the past. It can be pain. It can be pressure. It can be shame. It can be guilt. It can be things from the past where we are laying it down. I remember the reason this is important to me. And some of you maybe know the story I I've had a lot of broken bones and a lot of surgeries. And this was kind of the time when my life entered into your life for some of you. 
11 years on opiates, but the last two years I was abusing it. And that was back in 2003 to the end of 2005. Because I traveled all over the world doing God's work, God's way with God's power. And, but what was happening, my rod was coming down. And then <gasps> you medicate so you're able to hold up the rod of God. And then eventually I ended up in a treatment center. But right before I went in the treatment center, Papa Jack said, son, you're going to learn how to hold a rod, lay down a rod, and pick up a rod. But if you pick it up too early, it's going to be a serpent. Leif, what do you have in your hand? Got a ministry, lay it down. I got a church, lay it down. Got a family, lay it down. I got finances, lay it down. My future, lay it down. My past, lay it down. December 2nd, 2005, I started this school of radiology, and there was a lot of hiss that had to go out. So a lot of hiss could start to come in. That's where this message came from. Later on, and this has happened several times with Mama Frida and Papa Jack, I was sitting again at my kitchen table being overwhelmed by so many circumstances. Terrorism was coming in. We were building churches. They were burning them down. And I was just carrying all this load. And suddenly I realized that I was carrying something that belonged to him. And when I laid it down, went out and hiss came in. And it was no longer a problem. It became a promise. Two more pictures, and then we're going to activate. Are you guys okay? I'm doing the quick version as much. I'm the set man today. <laughs> he allowed me to borrow his uh, set man shirt. The next picture, and here it is, and I believe that many of us are in that situation. Now, even continue to do God's work. Three million of them, they are heading, and right in the front of them is the Red Sea. <gasps> and then behind them, they suddenly get a tweet, or there's something on the Facebook, or Instagram is coming in, and they say, Pharaoh seems to be in a mood swing. <laughs> Pharaoh's kind of a tick, and he is coming with a whole army. And he's coming to kill us. And Moses gets that information. Have you been there? Cancer. I just landed. Had a double pneumonia. And they said, we got worse news. We just found a tumor. You cannot look forward. You cannot go behind your cop between the rock and the hard place. Red Sea army. And there's people even in this room right now. You need a breakthrough. And it doesn't matter where you move. You need something. Oh, Papa Jack, I'm landing in New York and now coming down to the hospital. You're finding this fight and it looks like a death to a vision. And it looks like a Friday moment, but I want to remind you Sunday is coming. Amen. So I was looking there at the Red Sea and behind us the army and Moses going, God, chair two, I got a problem. Army, Red Sea, we don't have the time to talk about the radiology. It's happening quickly. God, not a prayer meeting. My son was in a car accident. There's that person with the OD. Our cities are burning. And we just continue over and over and over again. This whole last year. What do you have in your hand? The God, Red Sea, Army. What do you have in your hand? I got a rod. What kind of a rod is it? I got your rod. I got you. I got your peace. 
I got your presence. I got your power. I got your authority. I got your joy. I got your strength. Everything that you have, I am. The I am that I am have sent me. And we know the story. He opened up the Red Sea. Three million people walked through to the other side. Closed it and whole army. A pharaoh got swallowed. And I wish it was over. Life is like this. It's an our journey towards our promised land. What Albuquerque can look like. And there's moments we have breaks between. But then sometimes there is a battle you fight before the battle you win. Other times there's a battle you fight after the battle you won. And the last picture here and then we are starting. Now even coming into the other side. God's work, God's way. Suddenly light is penetrating darkness. Good news seems to be winning. But Moses, even now doing God's work, this is what's happened with Alan and Gail in this season. Over some 30 years here. I mean, they've been in ministry for over 40. So even when you do God's work, God's way, with God's power, your arms get tired. And especially when there's battle after battle, it's painful. You win some battle, then you lose some. And you get entrusted with gain because of all the losses. Sometimes you're caught and there's nothing you can do. Your arms get tired and I know other people are heroic hauling up, but the arms get tired. And this is the picture where Moses, his arms started to get tired and then God sends in. And says, you need somebody else. And I want you to know that in this season. The generation that we grew up with, Alan, it was the individual. We actually, Steve Swanson and I, we sat last night and we kind of were smiling. We were looking at YouTube of, of things that was taking place of the move of God's spirit. And, and we were laughing and having a lot of fun. But we realized that all of those people was these big names. And, 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 and I believe the next move, movement, yes, there is names on it. But it is a nameless and faceless move. And you're not going to be known for an individual to have a rod. But you're going to be known for a family that is holding up the rod of God. And every single one in this room. So each one of us, we have a rod. And we have a, this is actually Jennifer's rod that I have with me. That had been custom made with a life verse that says, Hope deferred has made your heart sick. I had hope. I had hope, I had hope, but it didn't happen. How you live with disappointments, discouragements, distractions, and delays, and your arms get tired. But then it says, but when he starts to desire again and dream again, it is the tree of life. That's Mama Jen's rod. I have my rod at home. And in this season, we had hoped that we're eventually customizing for you guys a rod for this next season. And it's just because of COVID-19, we've not been able to get it in in time. And that you're going to remember that both when you activate people. And in a moment, we got stage four cancer. And then the pastor's coming. Let's hold up the rod of God over that family. Prodigal sons, let's hold up the rod of God over all the prodigals. Chronic pain, divorce. And before you know it, the whole family are coming together. And when one individual, if the enemy attacks one of us, he attacks all of us because we are family. And it is not just this family. It is all the families of families. And at the time, this family is tired of holding the rod of God over. And Papa Jack's 
who is in heaven among the large kind of witnesses and a bigger family are coming in and saying, hey, let us come and help to hold up the rod of God over Albuquerque. And when we're holding up the rod of God, light will penetrate darkness. Statistic, you will start to see addiction goes down. Marriages are being restored. Healing starts to take place. But the enemy's weapon is for us to lower our arms in this season. And the biggest weapon is fatigue. He's trying to wear us out. Are you guys okay? So the picture here is two people are coming alongside. You get an Aaron and her, get somebody to help you to hold up of the rod of God. And this is our commitment to you, Paul. And this is our, and I know Alan and Gail, and to you, Ruth, that we want to be, if we are one small little part that just can come and say, let us hold up the rod of God, of what God has placed. God called you here. And we have a kingdom family in 22 countries. And what I don't have, somebody has what is needed. And sometimes it is intercession. Sometimes it's finances and resources. Sometimes it is administration. Sometimes it is just getting some drummers in. They can go to war. But together, when the family are coming together, the immune system of the family is so healthy, the stage four cancer cannot live. And this is part of the legacy over this house. This was Papa Jack's message, message to me. And I'm gonna land this and then we activate, but this is what it's all about. Now we're gonna get people in and that's what Alan and Gail holding up. Jennifer, let us hold up the rod of God when I was in treatment center. And Alan, Papa, you need to fix that boy of yours. <laughs> you know, Alan, that's what. <laughs> it's true. It is true. <laughs> Papa. Where's the paddle? <laughs> Alan. <laughs> I love you. The father loves the ones he disciplines. And I did get a discipline. There was pruning, but the purpose of the pruning is more fruit. It is not punitive, it is restorative. If you humble yourself, there is grace. I want us just to stand to our feet and I know that there's so many other things I could take, but I felt this was all we needed. First, I want everyone for a few moments, just hold out your hands like this. I don't know what, where you are at in your journey. I don't know what you carry. Some of you, 20 years, chronic pain. I don't even know if I can continue to go on. I am that I am. We need one another. I told Alan and Gail, Alan, I didn't use that language, but I, said, I want to walk with you if you let me in this next season. Let me hold up the rod of God. When you're tired, it could be finances, can battlefields on the inside, battlefields all around you. My business, my future, my son, my daughter. I want you to think about it. And I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to go in. Maybe some of you still have trauma. Some of you still have wounds for the past. I don't know what you have. But my prayer that we're all going to lay it down today. Whoa, there it is. So what do you have in your hand? I got the... 
this son of mine. I got the church. I just had a testimony last week when we did this. Where this lady for 15 years been towards her son. Wrote a beautiful note, but she laid on her son and became God's problem. God took care of her son, totally transformed him in less than one week after she, when she became free from it, totally trusted God with it. Now God could work when she rested. So what do you have in your hand? Let's take a couple of more seconds. This is individual. And we're going to take and count two, three. If you're a businessman, lay down. So it becomes his business, a kingdom business. One, two, three. Just lay it down. Little step back. Just lay down. Symbolically, if, if you need a little bit more time, just take the time to lay down that rod and let all that pressure go out and his pleasure come in. Whew. All that to go out and all of his to come in. You're free here. There's freedom. Now that he is my provider, he is my strength, he's my courage, he's my joy. He's my healer. Even in the middle of my morning season, I know Mama Frida, she wept quite a few times this morning. In his morning season, 